everyone. Welcome to the Queens of Twilight podcast. This is episode eight. Hi. So that was also really weird. Hi. Hi. My name is Ashley. I go by Ashley Faith online. Um, I like Twilight. <laughs> um, I've liked Twilight a long time. Uh, Midnight Sun has reignited the love. I also use it as a coping mechanism. And I... Uh, I talked about it in therapy with my therapist and she says that it was probably a bit of regression to why I like it so much still um, because I, when I liked it before there was no trauma in my life and so it feels like a trauma-free place. Uh, yeah, that's me. Honestly, I think Twilight is a bit of a, in quotes, safe haven for many people, especially yeah. during quarantine and anything in their life because it is such a peaceful pretty I don't even know if pretty is the right world pre- right word um pretty world <clears throat> that tint though that but, yeah, tint is like my life <laughs> like, that is my new favorite color that like bluey green that like that movie is is my favorite color now oh yes it's gorgeous it really is gorgeous um I, I just love the that color specifically and it just every time I see it I think of Twilight you know like there's like yellow people who like their whole personality is that they like yellow and like everything they own is like yellow I feel like that will be me but with that like blue green color yeah um (laughs) like I'm just a blue green twihard now like I don't have any other personality I didn't I didn't like the tint at first but recently it's like really grown on me and I've come to love it I I think I don't know. At first, it just felt kind of normal because I feel like indie films in 2008 looked like that. Yes. But yeah. they, compared to the others, it, it feels a little bit out of place. But I think all of the movies, apart from like Breaking Dawn, like they both have kind of like the same sort of feel, uh, yeah. like color wise. But I think every single other movie, like the like each book, the movies have a different color palette. Like. Twilight is very green blue, obviously. And then New Moon is very brown. It's like yes. brown, 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 brown. Until at the end it's red when they get to Volterra. And I watched the interview and they did that on purpose. They took all of the colour and especially red out of the movie before they got to Volterra. So that when they got to Volterra, it was like a whack in the face, all of the red. So really? it would be like overwhelming. They did it on purpose. I think it was Bill Condon who said it. Um, that they did it on purpose so that like it would it would feel how Bella would feel like felt it would feel really like sad and dreary and gross the whole way through the movie until she gets to Volterra and then it's so red like everyone's wearing red and it was like red like the Volterra's red eyes and then it would be like so much more shocking and like a change of pace than if everything was like already had red in it like the only two red things I feel is like the truck and the barn at Jacob's house yeah and everything else is like no red and everything else is like really now that you said that I really see it like I was just thinking about it I actually really see it and then I think Eclipse is very gray I I find Eclipse is like gray with like splashes of like muted jewel tones so it has like uh, like em- emerald green and like dark purple and dark red. I can see that. 
I feel like that's the tone of the clips. And Breaking Dawn, like, I just don't know what the colour palette is. Like, I feel like it's just very light in, in like, most cases. Like, it's just quite colourful. Like, it doesn't feel like it has a specific theme. Yeah. Because, like, I was, like, doing these, like, stupid little paintings, these stupid watercolour paintings of, like, the names and, like, the background I just, like, did in, like, the colour palette that was in my head. And I got to Eclipse and I was like, I don't know what to do for Breaking Dawn. Like, I don't have a... But there's no colour palette that comes to mind when you think of, like, Breaking Dawn. No. I feel like every other movie has, like, you think of a colour when you think of the movies, but Breaking Dawn is just like, eh. snow? I don't know which one to, I would choose for that. Maybe, like, a nude colour palette? Like, that kind of, like, bright, neutral colours, maybe? I don't know. Yes, yeah, because it, it, I don't know. Hmm. So... One thing specifically that we wanted to talk about was the Twilight Storytellers from Tongle. Um, the it was a contest that was put on quite a long time ago by Stephanie Meyer. Um, actually, it was from Lionsgate, Tongle, Facebook, Volvo Cars, and Women in Film. Um, they all partnered together with Stephanie Meyer to see what people could come up with with the screenplays and it was like they were extending the story of twilight so do you have a favorite one um of that of those collections really i don't know what it was called but it was the one about garrett i think it was called red coats and it was about how garrett's like sister oh my gosh and she I, brought he brought her to Carlisle, but she was like pretending to be a boy. And then the like the the generals found out that she was like actually a woman. And then Garrett like killed them. And Carlisle was like, okay. And like when funny. they first like this was before they became friends. I think this is how they became friends. And Carlisle like was just there like being a doctor. And then like Garrett brought his like sister. Who, who would, like, pretend to be a boy. And he, like, looked at Carl and he was like, yeah, you're a vampire, aren't you? And Carl was like, yes, but my nurse, who's not, is right there. Shush. <laughs> funny, funny enough, I actually just watched that one before I called you because I wanted to get a little refresher on them. And I think it, yeah, it was called Foundations, I believe. I, it's funny because I just had the thing up and then I took it down. Um I think it's called Foundations. I could be wrong. But I just watched it. But I remember, like, it was exactly what you said. He had a sister, and they ended up saving her. But it it was really good. My favorite one was the We've Met Before. It was the one where Alice is waiting for Jasper in the the cafe. I felt like the music in that was fantastic. Yeah, I like that one too. I like them all. Like they were so yeah, good. Fantastic. I liked how they did um the Alec and Jane one. Um especially like when they were like burning that like end sequence of like Aura like killing the village as they were burning and then they realized that they were like dead and then they like got bitten. Like I thought it was really good. I also liked the other Alice and Jasper, like the other Alice one, the one Oh, there was, like, three Alice ones, because there was, like, one yes. of her, like, in the, um, 
asylum and like forgetting her memories because of the shock therapy and then there was the one with the like with James Victoria and the like groundskeeper who saved her um I thought they were so all of them were so good like how did they even pick a winner I don't know I really don't like, know how they picked work? a winner so like these these um videos or short stories they were fantastic and well made and they even got access to I think they got access to really nice equipment too I'm not sure did did they like I don't remember which one won huh oh Do you... I I don't know um which one okay I'm on their website right now let's see who actually won um okay so it was the the Mary Alice Brandon file with her in the hospital in the insane asylum so the one not with the the one that was just her like losing her memories yes they won a hundred thousand dollars jeez and the rest of the films won five thousand dollars that is not fair that's a lot of money like that is not fair like why so so different wow that that wow I didn't even know they won that much money. It said like three thousand dollars per thing, but no five thousand. I guess they raised more money from people. Wow. I know. Wow. <laughs> so, do you like the idea that Stephanie opened up her story to so many and they got to extend it? Really good. Like it, it's definitely good because obviously all of these backstories we didn't really get to see on screen. Uh, exactly. So like all of these characters, because a lot of them are my like obviously Alice and Jasper aren't, and the Carl and Esme one isn't, but like um, like Garrett and Alec and Jane are like very minor characters. Like, especially Garrett is like he's there for like this the last third of the last book. Yes, but I think he's a really interesting character that like doesn't get enough like page and screen time in the series that like deserves more. And I think it's a very nice way for, like, fans to, like, to be able to explore that themselves, but also for, like, other fans to, like, have something in their head when they think about, like, excuse me, the backstories of, like, characters that we don't get to see the backstories unless you're reading the illustrated guide. Exactly. Exactly. I'm so sorry if you hear my dog in the background. He's, like, coughing. Is he, why is he coughing? I don't know, but he's like having this like coughing fit. It sounds really bad. Oh, no. I know. I'm just like, <laughs> Do you consider the storytellers' videos to be a sort of fan fiction? I don't think of them as fan fiction because they're basically following what we have in the um, illustrated guide. Like okay. that's not to, that's not to say that like there's not like a fan element, and I think definitely the way that they were filmed and the way that they were shot and edited and casted and whatever is like obviously down to the fans, and like that element is fan fiction, I guess. But I I don't think I would like the stories themselves aren't fan fiction because they're okay. like they're canon facts and stories, aren't they? Like I didn't, I felt like I they aligned mostly they with what I know of the backstories i never watched any of them and went oh i didn't know that happened exactly but now i think, that I think about like, it yeah artistically it was fan fiction it's like sort of like 
fan drawings almost, but like in movie form. Yeah, I can see that. Hmm. That's an interesting one though, because I wonder, I wonder what other people think about it and the way they interpreted it when they saw it. You know. Yeah. I never so, saw Garrett like that. Like, I always always saw Garrett with long hair. And I don't know whether that was because he had long hair in the movie. Because, like, in that short film, I think he had short hair. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel Garrett has long hair. He's just that type of guy. I don't know. But maybe that is, like, inaccurate to, like, when he um, actually lived. Because he's quite old by the time we get to Breaking Dawn. Like, he must be as old or older than Carlisle. Is he older than Carlisle? Like, he must be around the same age. Or maybe, like, a few... Like, maybe a hundred years younger than him. Because it was, like, in the 1800s when they met, wasn't it? I believe so. Okay, it says that he was changed... Uh, unknown date of change. It says 1770s. Which is... Revolutionary. Which is just after Carlisle, because he was, like, the 1750s. Yeah. Hmm. I, I've only seen him with long hair, too. He looked very different with the short hair. But like, of... I don't think it's wrong, but I think no. in my head, Garrett has long hair. I yeah. don't know whether that's because I... I don't know whether that's because I like long hair on my men. And <laughs> so when there's a character that I like, he has long hair. Because <laughs> in my head, like, Ashley's head canon, Jacob, still has long hair. Because Jacob has long hair. Because I like long hair. And also, it's like an added thing with Jacob. Like, once you get, like, when once Jacob cuts his hair, he turns into a twat, basically. Like, <laughs> Stephanie just, like, did him dirty. And he was, like, just doing all of this, like, horrible, horrible, like, crappy stuff to Bella. And so, like, in my head, like, Jacob is just the Jacob from the beginning of New Moon with long hair. And it's, like, it's also good for me because, like, I like men with long hair. So, Jacob has long hair in my head still. And his yeah. wolf is very furry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I. You think because they have shorter hair, their wolves wouldn't have, like, super long hair? Yeah, like, so, like, I think it's mentioned, I think Jake says it, that, like, the reason why he's cut, he cut his hair, I think he says it in Eclipse, the reason why he cuts his hair, he cut his hair. I think Bella asks, like, why did you cut your hair? And he's like, because then I, like, my wolf had, like, a really long hair. And, like, in my head, all I can imagine is that day when um, he transformed, right, the first time, how hairy his wolf must have been because he still had long hair. <laughs> like, it, like, how long the fur must have been because he had, like like past shoulder length hair as a human so the first time he transformed like he didn't cut his hair first so like his hair must have been so long he probably looked like a shaggy dog <laughs> sometimes i just think about it and i'm like that would must have been so funny i would have paid to be like whoever saw jacob face that first time and like how long his hair was yes oh my gosh that would have been so funny i I'm trying not to laugh at that because it's just like the mental image I have is hilarious. Like the russet brown fur, like five feet long. 
Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> the brown. Russet brown specifically, not brown. Russet brown. Like I don't even know what russet brown means. What is it like a rust color? Like what is that? I don't know what russet means. Like I just don't know. I just know that's the color that Jacob's wolf is, russet brown. But I, I've never heard anyone else say russet brown, but like I I read it as a kid and I was like, okay, russet brown, but like what actually is a russet? Like it says oh russet brown is a dark color with a reddish orange tinge. Ah, uh, well, that makes sense. Equal he mix of like, orange and purple pigments. We got really into the uh, color there. I know. I was like, I was thinking, wow, that's pretty specific. Wow. I had to look that one up. <laughs> I really actually wanted to know. <laughs> so do you think that they will make another set of series, like another contest, um, once this new Twilight book comes out, or Midnight Sun comes out? I don't know whether they will. Like, I think it would be cool. But I feel like... I don't know who would, like, fund it, because... I don't know whether like all of those companies still have like a like a like a stake in it anymore. Yeah. Movies. Because I, I I think they didn't they do that like during like the last movie when I... the company still had a stake in the series. Like I don't think these I don't think Volvo would put money anymore. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know, but Stephanie does have a page or like a little button um it doesn't lead to anything now um on her website that says contest under midnight i think i think there'll be some sort of like book related contest yeah when we get closer but i I think it's gonna be like a drawing or something maybe or like a photo contest i'm Mm. so excited like I am too. I cannot wait. I'm angry that I did not save the Midnight Sun draft. If you search it up on Google, you can find it. Is it still on the internet? Yes, it's still on the internet. You just have to search out like Midnight Sun PDF or Stephanie Meyer and basically you can find it. Somebody sent it to me because I asked about it in one of the podcasts um, because I wanted it and I don't know where I I put that link now, but... um, she found it for me on Google. I feel like it would be interesting to read the draft like a few days before like Midnight Sun comes out to like see like how different it is. But I don't like I don't know whether I want to, but I feel like it might be cool. But then I'm also like, should I actually do that or is that a waste of time? I think it'd be interesting to see the comparisons, especially because her writing is a lot different. Um, are much different than before because obviously she's like grown as a person Um, but other than that I I think yeah I think it's a good idea maybe you can do a video on it that would be interesting actually I'm doing almost I don't know it's not really a, a series but it's like all of the Twilight videos on my channel are like subtitled the countdown to midnight film so for those of you who don't know ashley has a youtube channel and she talks about 
many different things uh, with books, but she is she has a lot of Twilight readings and vlogs on that. And I definitely think you guys should check it out. And I'll link her YouTube channel in the comments when I post this on the on the Instagram. But it's it's really cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody I can't remember which account it was, but somebody shouted out my account yesterday. And I was, like, on the phone to my boyfriend, I think. And I was like, oh, my God, somebody just shouted me out. And it's, like, it was a, like, it was a Twilight fan page that shouted me out. And I was like, oh, my God, like, this Twilight fan page is shouting me out. And I'm not a Twilight fan page. Like, maybe I just need to be a Twilight fan page now. I think you should. It's really cool. You should have like two different ones, like the regular. I know you have a books book Instagram. Three. Plus, I'm like still in charge of like my university drama society Instagram, and my like boyfriend's bookstagram because like he doesn't really use it, but like it's still logged in on my phone. So like you know, add another one. Like there's already many. I don't know what I would post though, because like I don't have content. I'm sure you could think of stuff. Like I you post all of the posts, the pictures I've already posted on my other accounts, but hey, I th- I think you should. Maybe I'm recommending it. So you've recently finished Life and Death, and yesterday, and you told me you had these really interesting thoughts on them, and we briefly discussed it before. Um, but before we get into that, I just thought like. Do you want to talk about your experience with life and death before we really get into the like the so, deep subject? I haven't read it before, and I started reading it like a few weeks ago, and then I stopped, and then I was like carrying on. And I basically read it like yesterday and the day before, and I think it's really interesting. And I don't know what I was expecting from it. And if you watch my vlog, you'll see. I don't know what I like. I didn't know what I was expecting from it. I didn't know what to expect, and all the way through, I felt it was really like. I don't like something small fell off and obviously it's because like all the characters are a different gender and it's like almost like you know when that prank that people like they move their like their like friend's furniture like one inch and it doesn't look any different but then like the friend will like bash into stuff because the muscle memory is like because the furniture is in a slightly different place like it just like knocks everything off that's kind of what it felt like and it kind of felt like I was reading fan fiction, but it wasn't. Like, it felt like fan fiction, but it also felt like like it wasn't fan fiction. And it was really weird. And I was reading it, and the only things I could picture was, like, the Twilight cast through the face app, where they, like, you know that, that app that swaps the gender? Oh, my gosh, that's, that's hysterical. That's the only thing that, like, I think in my head. Like, especially the one of... Um, Jackson Rathbone the one where he has like the really long hair that was like going around the fandom like a few weeks ago and that's like the only image that was like in my head of like all of the people it was really strange and then when I got to the scene where in life and death it's like a gang crime I don't know thing where it's almost it's where Bella or gets like almost assaulted Um, oh that scene the alleyway scene the alleyway scene and the uh people were like trying to kill Bo and then Edith like jumps out of the car and she's like get in and Bo is like huh what the fuck's going on like Bo is prepared to die at this point like he, he's he's already gone 
in his brain. And I like felt this thing where I was like, oh my God, that's like really weird. Why is, why is Bo like being saved by a woman? Like that is weird. And then I had this moment where I did a double take and I was like, why am I thinking that? That that's weird. Cause like logically you don't think that like men can't be saved by women. But then when it's presented to you where um, men are being saved by women, it feels weird. And Stephanie mentions it in the foreword where she was like, everyone will like criticize the book saying that Bella like didn't have any agency and she was just a damsel in distress. And Stephanie said, well, actually, no, like she wasn't a damsel in distress. She was a human in the supernatural world. And obviously these like boys slash men who had supernatural powers were going to be there and be the saviors because they had powers and she didn't. And it wasn't that she was like a damsel in distress. It was like she was a human and they weren't. Yeah. And I think people have sort of um, skepticism about like how true that is. And so when you read this and you see that obviously Bo has to be protected by Edith because Edith has the power to do the protecting it's just what you naturally like what naturally would happen and it's not uh it it feels weird and then it sort of triggered this whole like really deep thought in my like head of like how we see um like masculinity and femininity and the damsel in distress because you wouldn't always you wouldn't at first sort of think about um the man being saved by a woman and it makes you feel weird and I had I posted something on my Instagram story I can't remember what I actually said I posted something and somebody replied to my story and they said like so hold on let me find it because I need to read it because it it, it it really sort of solidified in my head like the reason um oh it was it was a kind of another thing this person said that um she thought that Bo fell in love too fast because teenage boys don't fall in love fast and I said no but they do like Edward did he was a teenage boy he fell in love fast just as fast even not more fast than Bella did in my life like in my life like my boyfriend like not to brag but my boyfriend fell for me fast he was a teenager and I think we don't think that teenage boys fall in love fast because we expect teenage boys to not care to be like that sort of like frat boy uh hypersexual like person who doesn't care about like committed relationships and so we think that teenage boys aren't like that when in fact they can be like that and they are like that in many cases and so for that reason Bo isn't unrealistic for falling in love with Edith so fast like it's just fine because it's like we, we we didn't we questioned it for Bella but we questioned it because it was like oh she's so pathetic for falling in love fast but it's like that same criticism people make of like women exactly and, but then they they say that men don't fall in love fast when they do. And it's like, this is the teenage boys don't fall in love fast. 
And I said, no, but they do. Like, Edward did. He was a teenage boy. He fell in love fast, just as fast, if not more fast than Bella did. In my life, like, in my life, like, my boyfriend, like, not to brag, but my boyfriend fell for me fast. He was a teenager. And I think we don't think that teenage boys fall in love fast because we expect teenage boys to not care, to be, like, that sort of like frat boy uh hypersexual like person who doesn't care about like committed relationships and so we think that teenage boys aren't like that when in fact they can be like that and they are like that in many cases and so for that reason Bo isn't unrealistic for falling in love with Edith so fast like it's just fine because it's like we, we we didn't we questioned it for Bella but we questioned it because it was like, oh, she's so pathetic for falling in love fast. But it's like that same criticism people make of, like, women. Exactly. And, but then they they say that men don't fall in love fast when they do. And it's like, this is the exact, like, problem. And I don't know whether, like, Stephanie meant me to get so deep into it. Like, half of my brain thinks that, like, she meant it. And half of my brain is like, no, she just wanted to do something for the anniversary. And she thought this might be funny. And she might get to correct some typos that she made. Well, Stephanie is very, like, she's a very big advocate for women in anything. You know, she's very, I feel like she's a very strong feminist. And she wants women to be, like, have a strong outlook and be represented as strong. Um, I hope I said that right. So maybe she did do it on purpose in the sense maybe that she did, and then maybe I like her more because like there's obviously some like I think valid criticisms of the original series to do with um, how controlling Edward and Jacob are and stuff. There's, there's there's valid criticism there, but I don't think that Bella is a damsel in distress is a valid criticism. I think it's quite um, I think it's shallow to think that if that if that if you were in a situation where you were human and there was a vampire who had super strength and super speed and they wouldn't be the one who was doing the saving like that doesn't make sense does it like just logically well it's kind of like oh bella's a bella's a damsel in stress this is a classic story but then you can compare that to another thing in the book uh the original twilight book where jessica not Twilight, I'm sorry. It was in one of the books where Jessica says, oh, uh, she's not pregnant, right? They're not getting married because she's pregnant, you know? And yeah. It, like, in a lot of small towns or places, people, people are like, oh, people get married young, or there was a stigma about that, you know? I think there is a stigma of, like, people getting married young uh, because of many like it's a very complicated issue but I think like if if it's a healthy relationship and they want to get married then let them yeah I mean there's always like, divorce like why are you so like why are you so caught up in other people's lies like I don't get it like obviously when it comes to books like you obviously are caught up in someone else's life but what I don't understand is like why people so heavily critique Bella for like in my opinion, something that, like, any normal person who was in that situation with the most beautiful man you've ever seen in your life 
turns out to be a vampire and you love him and like you you love him so much and you want to be a vampire like if your boyfriend was a vampire like in this hypothetical situation wouldn't you want to be a vampire too so you would could like live with them forever or yeah. is, like everyone going around in relationships that you think will end because that's like another thing like if you're in a relationship that you think is going to end then why are you still in it like if you like obviously it's a possibility in any relationship but it's like if you're in a relationship that you you like you predict will end why would you be in it i agree so, like, why 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 do we care so much that bella wants to be a vampire because edward is like even if that was the case because like bella doesn't only want to become a vampire because edward is like she even says that like, she feels like she fits in better in the like vampire world than like in the human world she said she feels out of place she's never felt like at home in a place like she's never connected with people of her age so like i just don't understand why people hate Bella so much it doesn't make sense to me i don't know maybe maybe because they think that she's like every other stereotypical character that's like oh this man is beautiful i'm gonna fall in love with him i'm going to act like i'm weak blah 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 but i think that that's an automatic assumption about her but it's not like that's not it you know but it's also like she is weak because she's human and he's a vampire it's like what do you expect her to be like the same strength as him like that doesn't make sense by weak i meant like she has a weak personality or can't stand up for herself oh, no, and whatnot. I don't, think she, I don't think she does though. No, no. I'm just saying like people can definitely like a lot of times um in some romance books the woman is considered weak or not doesn't have a strong personality and then they find this guy and then they get confident. You know what I mean? Like those type of books. No, I get what you mean, but I feel like the people who think Bella is boring haven't read the books, and and you don't understand that, like, Bella is this, like, she's so into reading, like, she's, like, so into the classics, and, like, uh, the Bronte, I don't know, is it the Bronte sisters that she reads, and, like, she really likes Shakespeare, and she's really smart, like, she was in AP Biology, and, like, just because she, like, didn't have any, like, close friends, when she moved to Forks, didn't mean that she didn't have any friends. And also, like, she had a really close relationship with her mom. And, like, I don't know why people think that, like, Bella was just, like, a piece of wheat before she came to Forks. Like, because she wasn't. No, and maybe maybe she just didn't have a close-knit friends when she moved to Forks or Phoenix because she never find like like she said she could never find anybody that she could connect with and then she met the Collins and she really loved them and she felt like they understood her yeah like i still don't understand why people hate bella so much like it doesn't make sense to me yeah the um our listeners should comment like their theories about why people think Bella is boring or stuff like that, because I would like to know what other people are thinking on that topic as well. It might come down to um, another, like, thing, that everything that teenage girls like is sort of criticised for being what teenage girls like and, like, trivialised as 
oh, teenage girls like it. And that happened a lot with the series, especially at its height. It was oh, it sort did. of like criticized. It was criticized for being what teenage girls liked. And and that made it frivolous or trivial or whatever. And obviously there's a lot of valid criticism of the series, and I'll be the first one to admit that, and the first person to make that criticism. But I don't think the criticism that is actually sort of in the uh that was when it was coming out that was actually like the biggest criticism it was the biggest criticism wasn't anything to do with like this the the dodgy aspects of it that like i think deserves to be criticized it was about like oh but teenage girls just like it so much it's a romance and teenage girls like it it's like that doesn't make it make it bad just because it's what teenage girls like and i think that's possibly why Bella got a got sort of um, a bad rap because people saw her as like this teenage girl and like all she does is love a boy. And if if a teenage girl wants a, a, if like if a teenage girl wants to be in a relationship and she loves someone so much, like why is that such a look down on thing that like she loves somebody a lot? Yeah. And I think it's, like, all connected with that people really just don't like teenage girls. And they don't <laughs> like what they like. Yeah, I feel like especially in that time, it was, like, or it was a thing that they're, like, people were saying, oh, teenage girls like this stuff, it's so dumb, and they're dumb because they're growing up, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that is a lot of what that is another thing that we and I, you and i talked about recently that i think should be mentioned um if you'd like because i think it's so interesting and i you actually enlightened me on this topic was the information about the quileute tribe so yeah basically the quileute tribe like were a real tribe and i don't think stephanie did enough research and i don't think she even like talk to the tribe members to discuss how the series would impact them and it has impacted them and and in some case in some ways it has impacted them well because I'm sure the tourism that they get now um it's fantastic is, is good for their sort of like economy however she did misrepresent a few things and sort of I, th- I think probably fall into a lot of like the stereotypes that surround Native American people in general um and because of that like people make valid criticism of the the series and I think we have to listen to that especially when it is coming from Native American people and I've spoken to a lot of people like I spoke not to a lot but a few Native American people um who like Twilight and some of them are okay with it. Some some of them actually quite enjoyed it because it was the first and only, like during its time, representation at all of uh, Native American people in popular culture. Because um, off the top of my head, I can't think of any other YA series that had it. Yeah, it. I can't either. Maybe Percy Jackson, but that's not even YA. I feel like that's middle grade. Yeah. And um, hmm. the whole thing is that they were impacted by some of the negative stereotypes that she played into they they are like probably negatively impacted by and they're actually like in a really sticky situation at the moment 
So where their buildings and like communal buildings and houses and stuff, where they are on the reservation is at risk um, from natural disaster coming in from the ocean. It's too far. Um, it's too close to the ocean, basically. And it's in danger that if there was like any sort of natural disaster in the area, that they would lose their homes. They would lose um, all of their cultural heritage and their ancestral lands and everything. Um, so they have a fundraising thing and they have a website that explains like everything that they're like doing with the money and like, what they need it for and everything about the tribe and their website is called um mthg.org and it stands for move to higher ground and they are fundraising so that they'll be able to move their entire tribe uh, to higher ground to make sure that nothing is damaged in the event of a natural disaster in the area and yeah. not many people um, have been talking about it. I actually found it on a viral tweet um, the day that Midnight Sun came out. And so, like, now every time that I talk about Twilight on my channel, I make sure to mention it because I think it's really important that, like, when we enjoy this story, this world, that we think about, like, the real-world impacts that it had on this tribe specifically, but also just Native American people in general. And that we go ways to try and right some of the wrongs that happened. Um, and I don't think I could, like, morally be okay with just, like, ignoring the fact that they were affected. And, like, not trying to, like, balance that out somehow. Yeah. I was actually looking at the website as you were talking on my phone. And they even have, like, videos. They have information about it. And... I'm glad that we did talk about this in the podcast because you're right. I think we need to be educated on this and realize that because we're so obsessed with this place, because of it's based where, you know, the book is based in it. I think like what better way, you know, if someone can to donate to benefit these people. Yeah. Thank you for talking about it. I, I, found it on um, Ashley's video. I think it was, she was reading Breaking Dawn in one of her vlogs, and that vlog. Um, and as, as I was watching it, she mentioned it, and I was like, wow, I really want to spread this information. You know, I want people to know. Um, their website says, living in a tsunami zone at the edge of the Pacific, a catastrophic earthquake can wipe out our community in less than 10 minutes. An entire generation of Quileute people will cease to exist. Everyone lives on this earth, each, each a member of a bigger tribe, a wider community, and we need your help to move our tribal community from a disaster zone to a safer, better, and higher ground. It says that the Quileute Tribal School is only one in the world that teaches our own unique language and culture. Church just beside the ocean, its breathtaking views are enough to create our Quileute children to discover are enough to inspire. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said create. <laughs> that sounded That's funny. Amazing. <laughs> uh, enough to inspire cool your children to discover more about our ancestral village and rich hi- heritage. If we lose it to a horrific tsunami on a school day, we lose everything, our children's lives and our t- culture's future. Wow. Did they I say really... how much they've raised? Um... Not so far. I'm going to click on the donate thing to see. It's a PayPal link because I donated to it um, 
when I did a Twilight quiz, like I did a Twilight live stream, live stream quiz on my channel, um, and like I donated to the the fund then, sort of like. It doesn't in say the how much. No, oh, I think I'd like to know. Me too. Me too. They do have a map of their land, or it says Quillu, the master, moved to higher uh, ground land master plan. Wow. This is really cool, though. I really recommend everybody to check this out. I think like, even if you can only afford, like, $1 or $5, that's still, that's still something. And I think also if you're planning to buy Midnight Sun when it comes out, that you consider donating at least a percentage of what you spend on the book to them. Because they were used in like they they were used in the story and if they don't also uh profit from your sort of interest in the series and it's like only Stephanie that profits from it I feel like that's just it's like it's disingenuous and unfair because they came first like yes I'm looking on their website still and they have this really sad picture of a child and it looks it just made me sad the child is really cute, though. I do like right. children. That sounds weird. Huh? I'm in this. I said, I do like children. <laughs> <laughs> don't put that in the podcast. I don't know. I, I'm i really glad we mentioned it. Um, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Any more topics? That I have from- this, like, really, like, yeah. thing that I love to say. So, when I liked, like, when I got into Twilight, I was like, 10 or 11 or something and I was watching Sky which is like cable in the UK and my we me and my dad were like sat on the chair like we just into like just a few like months ago moved into a new house my dad got this like brand new tv like really big tv and we were um looking like we were like skipping through the movie channels and like looking for something to watch um with our like new surround sound and like big screen tv And, like, he skipped over the Twilight movie. And I was like, oh, my God, what's that? And it's really strange because it was, like, the scene in the ballet studio where James was, like, attacking Bella. And I'm almost, like, usually terrified of, like, violence and stuff in movies, like, always since I was a kid. Like, I was always, like, screaming and hiding behind the sofa. And I didn't. My dad was like, that's really weird, Ashley. You're usually scared. Um, So that's why I got into it. And so that was, like, before – that was after that main hype of the, like – book series and like getting it into the movie and then I went back and I read them all and the other day like a few weeks ago I was like wondering what the trailer of the first movie was like and like how it um like what it sort of told people the movie was going to be like what like vibe it gave and I was watching it and I found out that the first movie came out on my 10th birthday really it came out on my birthday and I don't know why that's such a shock to me because like the movies always came out around my birthday like I went to see Breaking Dawn Part 2 at midnight for my birthday but what was like shocking to me was that it came out on my birthday and like that is that if that isn't fate to like me supposed to like Twilight in like this universe like what is like if that isn't fate what is and I called my mom and I was like mom and she's like 
Ashley and I was like mom and then she said Ashley and I was like (laughs) did you know that the first Twilight movie came out on my 10th birthday and she was like what and I was like it came out on my birthday and she was like Ashley okay like what's the big deal and I'm like don't you understand don't you understand the like the parts of the universe that had to collide for that to happen like for me to love Twilight and for like it like my I'm still so like shocked by it and I'm really annoyed that I didn't know about it before because like when Midnight Sun came out I got interviewed by the BBC for this like news article and like it was basically all about me like the picture of me is the header of the article and it's like not even the picture there's a pic there's like two pictures in the article and one of them is a picture of, like, literally the leads and Stephanie Mayer. And the head of the article is literally me and not Stephanie Mayer. And I'm mad that I didn't, like, I didn't know that to mention it in the article because that would have been really fun. That's insane, though, that it came out on your birthday. I That would be such a cool thing to relic like, every year. I feel so honoured. <laughs> they chose my birthday to, like, release the movie. I love that. That's wow. so great. That still gets me really ex- gets me like unnervingly excited. Like, why is she so excited about that? I can tell. Can hey, out. that's really cool though. Hey, if if Twilight was released on my birthday, I would be excited too. I would celebrate it every year. I'd be like, mm, the release of Twilight. <laughs> Thank you for making this podcast with me. I've had so much fun, and we talked so much before it started, and that was really fun too. You really educated me on a lot of things that I didn't know were happening, and it was really cool. So everybody should go check out Ashley's YouTube channel, and I will link that um, below in the comments when I post about it on our Instagram account. And yeah, but for listening. Huh? <laughs> Thanks for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. Uh, this is the end of the Queens of Twilight podcast, everybody. I hope you have a wonderful day, and thank you again for listening, like Ashley said before. She will definitely be back. <laughs> <laughs>